Last week, I sat on a stage with Arlen Hamilton, the star of our most recent season of Startup. This was at Gimlefest, two days of live shows in Brooklyn. And to be honest, I wasn't sure how this conversation would go. In a way, Arlen and I had become pretty close over the seven months I spent reporting on her. But this relationship was complicated. The first six episodes of our season had been released, and most of the episodes Arlen had been really happy about. But there were several key points where her vision of what we were doing and mine and my editor's vision really diverged. At Gimlet Fest, she and I sat down to talk it all out. Our moderator was Shireen Marisol Maraji, co-host of NPR's Code Switch podcast about race and identity. Hey, everybody. Can you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. Hopefully this is going to be a fun, informative, awkward, maybe, at times, weird conversation about this most recent season of Startup. Uh, we're going to listen to some audio from the season, and we're also going to open things up for questions if there's time, but the conversation might get real, you know, juicy and good, and maybe we won't do that. Um, before we go on, I am Shireen Marisol Maraji, if you don't know me. Thank you. <laughs> Um, anyway, let me introduce you, those of you who haven't listened to Startup, to the voices, the stars of Startup. Uh, do you, does that feel comfortable for you to be referred to as a star? I think Arlen is the star of this season of Startup. This but, is um, Amy Standin, by the way. Hi She's all. the reporter. <laughs> and she profiled Arlen Hamilton, who's a venture capitalist in Silicon Valley. Arlen. Yes. I want to start with you. Okay. So... You were like, I'm going to break into this elite white industry, venture capital, super high pressure, high anxiety. And then a perfect stranger comes up to you and is like, oh, and while you're doing that, can I follow you around with a microphone for six months and ask you probing questions? Yes. So why did you say Training yes? orders in California don't work as well as I thought they would. You learned the hard way. Yeah, I, I had a lot to learn, but... Tell yes. us why you said yes. Why did you say yes to having somebody follow you around while you're doing something super high stakes? I think I knew really, really quickly that I wanted to do it, which is, which is interesting because it's probably something I wouldn't normally want to do because I like to control the narrative. I think that's an entire episode about that. <laughs> but it seemed... Like, I listened to the first season of Startup, and I really enjoyed what it was. And I knew that we had a really uh, unique story. And it wasn't, see the cool part was I knew it wasn't just gonna be about me because there were like, we had, I don't know at the time, like 60 companies that we had invested in and we had all these people working with us. And I just thought, oh, that's a really great medium for it. And we already had our own podcast. So I was comfortable with audio. I have a face for audio. And Amy, your reason for doing this to me is more obvious. I'm a journalist, so the top line, the headline is from homeless to boss of a venture capital firm fund. And so from for, homeless to head honcho is what yes, I was looking from for. From homeless to head honcho. Thank you. She's you're... rewriting my headline. Um, you may continue. So. <laughs> Any 
journalist would be like, oh my God, this is the best story. Totally. Hell yes, I want to do this story. Um, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but were you like, when you heard Arlen's story, you were like, I have to tell it. Yeah, I mean, Arlen's story is very, very attractive for someone like me. I mean, the arc of her life so far, just so far, is really amazing. It's easy to pitch, like the elevator pitch for, for this story is so great. Um, and also, I mean, as somebody who covers tech, you know, like I was interested in someone who kind of tested one of these like sacred ideas of Silicon Valley, which is that it's a meritocracy. Amy, I am learning a bunch of stuff by listening to this. I have not reported in Silicon Valley. I know very little about venture capital. I felt, I would have felt really intimidated as a journalist going into this space. Is it fair to say you didn't, didn't know, much. know anything about venture capital going into this story? I think that's fair. Uh, um, but I mean, was that a good thing or was that a bad thing for you in your reporting, do you think? I mean, as it's, it's the oldest journalism cliche, right, to say, like, it's a good thing to know nothing about your subject. Um, and I feel like that's often sort of an excuse that, you know, reporters can use for going into a story totally cold. Um, but in this case, I actually think there's some truth to that because we had to figure out how to explain this world and this business. The downside of it was that it took us a lot longer to figure out the certain kinds of really important questions that only we only sort of realized we needed to be asking toward the end of the process, which made a less efficient reporting process. So I, I think it was both, honestly. Arlen. Yes. Do you think it was an asset that the journalists following you around didn't know much about venture capital, or do you think it was an obstacle? Personally, I would have used the opportunity in a different way. I would have, um, you see, I should be a politician. Um, yeah, specifics, please. I think that some listeners uh, may have gotten the impression, this is just me thinking about it, but may have gotten the impression maybe that it was easier than it really is, or that um, some of the decisions I make as a leader of the company are uh, willy-nilly. I think that a couple of episodes being dedicated to talking to a wide array of other venture capitalists who have, the most important part, raised their own fund would have gone a long way. All right. Do you want, Amy, you want to... Yeah, I mean, I know I I've, been, I've been following this critique because Arlen's been talking about it on her reaction podcast. I think at one point you said, like, why didn't you guys, you know, spend an episode with another venture capital firm to see how they do it and see, you know, how, how we look in comparison to them. Um, but then I also get the sense that you feel like um, what you are doing and what you have done is unique. So there's not really a good well, kind you, of if you analog, set it up you know? and you're not a GP, a general partner, you more than likely had nothing to do with raising the fund. Like raising the fund um, is just, it's, it's building the house and you were talking to the painters. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's hard to compare. Not to say the painters weren't needed, but you know what I mean? Yeah. As you can hear, Arlen has no qualms telling Amy what she thinks and pushing oh, yeah. back sometimes. And there are a few points in the season, Arlen, where you're like, Amy, I know what you're after here. I'm not gonna go on it. I'm actually, let's just listen to clip two. Okay, can I interrupt you? I feel you're talking a little bit, you are excited about this, and I think it's making you talk a little bit about this, like you're giving a speech or something. Like, do you know what I mean? Like you sound- This is how I'm talking. <laughs> no, 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 it's talk. not. I know you, Arlen. I know I you. I'm, I'm, I guess what would help me is like to know what you 
want? Like, wh- what do you want me to do? I'm not going to do it. I, it would just be very helpful to know. Like, oh, I just wanted it. I like. I don't understand how after two or so months, still saying that I'm not reacting the way that normal people oh, would. No, no, no. <laughs> like, this is how I talk. No, no, it, this has nothing this to do with your reaction. I'm not saying like, oh, you're not excited enough or anything like that. Not at all. Okay. Um, I just, so I wanted, uh, well, I asked, I asked what I thought was just like, I was trying to ask kind of this straightforward question of, hey, you know, can you just give, give me a really like nuts and bolts answer to this question of how does this work? You know, when does the money come in? What does it mean? Because I'm trying so, to understand that. So, but, but I'll, I'll give you this. So, mm-hmm you're handling me the wrong way to get what you need from me. The way that someone who is as alpha as I am does not want to be told that I'm doing something so wrong. Every time you try to kind of lead me into being right, you can, you, I think that, so for you to say you have this habit of talking this way, well, you kind of suck the energy out of me by saying that I no longer want to play along. Yeah. yeah. Arlen. Produced by. <laughs> Arlen, you were concerned throughout the season um, that Amy was manipulating you, uh, or you were concerned with how maybe she would frame the story. Uh, tell us why. Like, I think that's reasonable to be, you, you have six months of someone following you and no idea. No, I, I heard everything as everyone else heard it. Like, yeah, so I would say something, I would answer the way that I was gonna talk, and like, to me, if you're documenting me, don't you wanna document me? Like, that's my answer, so even if you don't agree or like the answer, then you can comment on the answer, but trying to tell, trying to get me to say the answer in a different tone, or with a different inflection, to me was just uh, Ill, ill-advised, and it didn't make sense to me, and a lot of things have to make sense to me for me to keep going. So when I was saying that, Amy wasn't handling me well. I was being very honest. I was saying to her, like, if I feel like I'm saying I'm giving you good tape, and I'm because I'm answering authentically, and every time I open my mouth, there's this, you know, pin to the balloon, I'm gonna stop caring enough to to give you what I consider my best. I still don't know what you're looking for. <laughs> I still don't know what what you needed from me. So I would I answer you, it like I three different ways. I can solve that mystery for sure. you right now. Please. So this was um, the most ex- sort of superficial part of it is you had um, just gotten a big uh, investment for Backstage Studio. And I was trying to understand what's studio? You know, how does it work? Um, I was asking, probably not very well, but what I was trying to ask were these very sort of, like I say, you know, nuts and bolts questions of just like, explain to me how this works. And what I felt like you were saying, it, it was very broad strokes, you know, about how this would change venture capital or how it was a new era for backstage capital. Or I'm, I'm making, yeah. those are not your words, but I'm, the, the, what I'm getting at is um, sort of broad statements about sort of the meaning of this thing, whereas I was trying to get this really, you know, concrete thing. But when I hear... Um, when I hear that tape now, you know, I hear that tension and I think that's all kind of interesting and I can think of a million things I wish I had done differently. But, but it's that moment when you say, like, that I'm sort of popping your balloon, you know, that I'm just kind of like, it's just sort of feels bad, you know, to give somebody a long, an- you know, an answer that you think is good and have them say, like, you're doing this wrong. Yeah. Um, and when I hear that, that's kind of what I hear is the vulnerability of that moment. I don't know how you're going to feel about that. But, you know, the feeling of, like, it doesn't feel good to, to have somebody tell you that you just did a bad job at something. But one, one last thing, and then I'll stop. <laughs> 
<laughs> but the reason I did that, and I think I started doing things differently after this, but I didn't want to waste your time. I didn't want to have you talk for 15, 20 minutes about something when I knew that wasn't the answer I wanted. Okay. You know, I, you don't have a lot of time. So I was a little more of a, like, you okay. know meddler oh, like um, to, for that reason. I'd like to answer that. Yes. First of all, <laughs> I know how to manage my time. So if I was giving an answer, it was because it was the answer I wanted to give. And I, you have to worry about my time. Um, second of all, um, I mean, you just sort of admitted there that you were trying to get me to say something a certain way when you, it's a documentary, right? Like, it just seemed like um, you wanted it to be kind of packaged in a way, and I'm not, you know, Gimlet isn't my employer. Like, I'm not there to do a uh, fiction read. I'm there to answer questions as is, and then you all craft around that. You can push me in a direction, I get that, I do a lot of interviews, I understand it, but it just seemed like we were working on a reality show for the first two months that I had not signed on to. And that's where I was like, I mean, I have so much to think about in any given day. And if I don't jump up and down for joy because someone gave us money that hopefully we'll give them 3X that one day, and that it helps us continue our work um, after being sort of browbeaten for five years by you know 99 others. That's why. Why do I need to be kind of prodded into being more ecstatic about that? It's almost like you. Th almost to me, it felt like you were you were thinking that like that I was supposed to be grateful to all these people. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, can, I, can I butt in? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm over here. There should have been a couch, by the way, and I would just lay down. And then, um, can the we record, talk about I our feelings? Butt in, but for the record, I do not think you should be grateful for any investment you get. Let me just say that. Okay. Um, let me just okay. get that out. Yeah, that's not, that's not at all. I want, for me, if somebody invested $250,000, I'd be excited, but the fact that you weren't, the fact that you sounded the way you did, yeah. said much more and was much more interesting and a much b better piece of tape, frankly, than if you had been like Tom Cruise, you know, yeah. jumping on the couch. Don't tempt me. Um, so <laughs> uh, to me, that was actually a really nice moment because of, you did exactly what you did. It mm -hmm. said more mm -hmm. and it was truer. Okay. But the pushback from you, Arlen, wasn't just because Amy wanted you to sound a certain way or you felt like Amy wanted you to sound a certain yeah. way. The pushback was also you were concerned about how you were going to be framed. And, yeah. and listening and to this. And so. And I want to, and I, yeah, you know, listening the, to this, I'm wondering if any of that anxiety around how you were going to be framed had something to do with the fact that a white woman was telling your story to, um, I'm going to go out on a limb here, a predominantly white audience. Yes, or as my mom says, Caucasian. Caucasian. <laughs> <laughs> and if you can talk about that, you know? Uh, yeah, so can I, I don't know if we're gonna touch on this, I don't know how much time we have left, but I, can I just say for the record also yeah. that the majority of this experience was really nice and I really loved, I thought that the, uh, the talent that went into making these six episodes, staggering. Like really impressed by it, and you can imagine that I don't throw around compliments. 
it, you know, I, I, I really liked it. I liked it, that how it showcased backstage and our founders and our team. Um, I, so saying that, and, and definitely, I also think that there is, without a doubt, bias in this framing that happened over and over and over again. And I'm not the only one who thinks that. I mean, I've been talking to people left and right about it um, who, who write to me either publicly or privately and say, hey, that made me uncomfortable how they asked that question of you because they wouldn't ask that of a white guy. They wouldn't ask that of a man. They wouldn't have asked Such that. Such as? Um, oh, I actually should have prepped, huh? Um, <laughs> I just... Um, just you know, questioning the the growth of our of our crew, like um, the fact that you had so many people, the, yeah, on staff. and like and like um, at, at like second or third uh, episode, it was even framed as like I don't remember the exact words. I, I would love to hear it, but it it was like framed as like she was running out of money, and the last thing she should have been doing is doing this or something like that. And I'm just like, well, hold up now. Uh, you, that's really interestingly biased. And again, I don't mind you asking me the question because I signed up for it and I'm transparent in my own life. What I mind is the context not being compared. Mm. So when someone's listening to it and they go, oh, that's interesting. You're, but you're, what you're not saying is that we, do the, we have 19 people, but we do the work of 38. What you're not saying is that 17 of those people took pay cuts to work for us. What you're not saying is that there are several, several men I can, can point to who have, who use their management fee to go to strip clubs, to go to fly first class to other countries, to bring people on you know, charter jets, um, who have smaller funds, not just the big guys, not just the Kleiner Perkins of the world. And to really, constantly put this fine line on us um, running out of money. I understand it was, a, it was a plot point. I get it. But it was almost like Running once, out of money you, you were yeah, about to finish Yeah, and that's true. It. I mean, we're the bootstrap VC. I'm not, I'm not ashamed of, of that we had look, fewer resources. We got this far with few resources. It's the truth. But there was just a lot that was missed out on in framing it that way. And um, it it wasn't just my ego that felt that. It was a lot of people, mostly black and black men and women, who contacted me and said, "Like that's really unfair how they're framing you. Like I don't know a lot about VC, but I know about being a startup founder. And you, you, it sounds to me like you're making it work, you know, rather than, oh, she's making it work. But what about this line item here? What is that? I don't know. I could probably talk about it for hours. So you probably should stop me. Okay, Amy, do you want to re react to that in any sure. way? Sure." Um I'm a white woman, you're a black woman, there is no way. <gasps> I said it. Um, race is just, race was, is just baked into this project. And one of my favorite parts of this project um, from start to finish was being able to have these very open and straightforward conversations with Arlen about our differences and about how they were affecting uh, not just a line of questionings, but like our experiences in the world. Like this is something we talked about a lot. Thank you. 
Coming up after the break, a story from my reporting on Arlen that didn't make it into the series about race and what it's like to be Arlen in the world versus what it's like to be me. Before the break, I brought up the fact that Arlen and I are treated pretty differently out in the world, in large part because of how we look. Let's jump back into the conversation at Gimlet Fest. I'm a white woman, you're a black woman, there is no way. <gasps> I said it. Um, race is just race was, is just baked into this project. And one of my favorite parts of this project um, from start to finish was being able to have these very open and straightforward conversations with Arlen about our differences and about how they were affecting not just a line of questionings, but like our experiences in the world. Like this is something we talked about a lot, you know, like traveling together. Why didn't it make it on the episodes? Because maybe that would have added context. I mean, I feel like it did make it on. Oh, well, okay. Wait, when? When did it? I mean, when we talked about um, the fact that I was a white woman talking about your business expenses in episode three and how you were sensitive to the fact that you were being portrayed by, you know, depicted by a white woman. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, it's interesting. There was this great moment of tape that we didn't use, that I wanted to use, um, <laughs> where we're in the airport and... Um, Arlen and I kind of got separated as we're going through security and there were two people, remember you were ahead of oh, me I and there were two this. people in yes. front of us. <laughs> Some white privilege in there. <laughs> you just took, took my punchline. Oh, I'm so sorry. Anyway, um, well now you know. That's my black privilege, just <laughs> stealing them jokes. All right, well, I'm going to tell you, you know anyway. I, feel. I know, I know, I try. Anyway, so there's these two people in front of us, and I, you know, I want to be with Arlen because I've got my mic out, and we're traveling together. And I said to these two people, um, do you mind if I go ahead of you to join my friend? And they said, sure, go right ahead. And I get there, and I'm so happy, and I was rolling on this whole thing, and, and Arlen says, like, that's white privilege right there. It really was, because it wasn't like, oh, yeah, go ahead, lady. That's, that's awesome. It, it was totally like, would never have occurred to me. Me not like, to do what I did. Yeah, and I absolutely understand that that is because my experience in the world is generally that people don't question my right to be places. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's super interesting to me. And the conversation we had um, in West Hollywood, where we were talking about, I can't remember what we were talking about. It was the same day where I told you I was going to end it all if, we, if you asked oh, the wrong right, question. Right, right, right. But it, we, we were standing. <laughs> yeah. We were standing uh, at the at the kitchen, and I, oh, we I were in this Airbnb yeah, that we've rented. Yeah, the I can't day, remember yeah. what we were talking about, but I said something. You said you that happens to you, and I'm like, it doesn't happen to you, and you're like, never. I know what was I don't that? remember what it was, but it was it something. It might have been so like somebody checking IDs, like you described. You know, people yeah. being like, oh, "Ma'am, may I see your VIP oh, yeah, pass?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little things like that. All that the time, I get checked that like every like this is probably the first conference and like five of them where I wasn't asked if I'm supposed to be here. I will also say though that we are a business show. We are a show about people starting businesses and the essence of business, you know, is money in, money out. I wanna check in with the audience. Do you want me to open this up for audience questions? If so, I don't clap or yell or, yeah. um, or do you want us to keep talking up here? There's more oh. tape too. We could, what? I do, there is more tape, because we can listen to some. 
I mean, there is the one moment that Arlen does get emotional. Oh, if we want to hear that back. Yeah, let's hear it. Okay, let's just go straight to that tape. Hit clip three, please. I was on the program at school where you got a free lunch. You know, this school, a lot of people were, were, had wealthy families at this school I went to. And one day in school, they made an announcement on the intercom. And it was like right before Thanksgiving. They gave this list. They said, we have an announcement. The following people need to come to the auditorium. And they list off like 30 or 40 names. And my name is listed. They said, um, you've won, um, you've won a Thanksgiving meal. And <clears throat> the reason that it makes me emotional is because of the dignity that they gave us. Because they didn't say you, they didn't say that you need this and you're, you can't afford it. They said that you won a contest. And we knew that it was because we're on this free lunch. They must think we can't afford it. So we go to the auditorium and we each have a bag and it has all this food in it. And I can now take this back to my family. And um, I knew that nobody knew that we were secretly living like that. And, and then we got that. And it, so it just gave me a little extra hope. Did you, so you, you brought, do you remember bringing the food? Do you want to take a break and eat that? I'm changing my battery. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll take a break and eat it. And can we, I, I know you now. want to talk about it a lot, but can we, can we not spend too much time on it? Sure, why not? Does it make you, is it, is it, do you feel a little sort of, does it hurt your dignity kind of even now? No. Never. Do you talk about how one, hard things were? Not even one bit does it. It's the way you're framing it. What's the it's way not, I'm framing it? Well, why would you even think that it would hurt my dignity? Why do you I even don't. think I that wouldn't. that's an that option? Would actually, that would really surprise me if it did. I'm just trying to figure out why so why, you don't did, want it. why was that an option? So that's what I'm saying. Like, this is part of what, it's like, I just kind of, after all this time, I, I know the angle you're going to start going, and I just don't want to fight that. Well, I wonder if it feels a little um, fetishy is not quite the word, but like, yes. how bad yes. is it, Arlen? Yes. You know? It's a little bit like, you know, showing the videos of flies around kids in Africa. Yeah. Don't show anything else. Yeah. That's what it is. And I know you're not doing that. I know you're painting this very big, different picture of me. And I'm very proud of that and happy about that. But in this moment, it's like I don't know how much energy I want to give into exposing myself like that. Because it, it does, it, yes, it feels like a, yeah. a fetish thing every once in a while. Not just with you, with, with white people yeah. in general. Yeah. Because they want to feel like they're, they want to feel like they're helping someone. Yeah. And so in order for them to feel like they're helping someone, they have to f imagine you just really just yeah. flat out. And it's sometimes that's not how the real deal is, you know, like these are sad circumstances that I went through. Yeah. Um, but I'm not a sad person. I, that was there's another clip that we're not going to be able to get to, but this was one of my favorite moments, not because of the story you told, but because of how you basically said, I don't want to talk about this too much because I don't want you to frame this like I'm this sad, oh, I know how you journalists like to do. Like, 
make people seem sad and you know broke down and all of this um, for your story to and, make your and, story and better. Really be clear. Really make a point. I don't mind if that was how I was portrayed or am portrayed. I have no problem. I mean, I tweet about, yesterday was my one year sober. I tweet about that the whole time it was happening. Thank you. I have no problem. I don't feel that it's weak. I was very conscious though, while taping this, of what I would be representing. Because I wanted to be really conscious of like, okay, what am I giving them that they could potentially, even by accident, uh, portray black people in general a certain way that it's just not fair or accurate. Would you do this again? Knowing what you know now? Taking a doom, doom, doom. <laughs> um, okay, I'm gonna, that's a tough question, but I'm going to say yes because of how much positive it has put out. So that's a yes. Yes, I'm gonna lean on the side of yes. Oh, that's, interesting. That's what I said. There is more positive to it than negative, and most of the negative, to be honest, damage done that we internally have to fix that. Um, but the, the external positive, I think, is what I will remember in a year. We have to wrap up, and I, we could talk, I could do this for two hours. I feel yeah. like this was too sorry, short. Sorry, Wouldn't no you Q agree? A, but I could, I'll be here so you can Q and A me later. Oh, good. Um, Amy, do you want to? Are we going to well, hug now, Amy? You look at, this is how she looks at me a lot. Just like. <laughs> That's the Amy look. As Arlen once told me on an airplane, she's the alpha, I'm the beta. <laughs> <laughs> and big thanks to Arlen Hamilton, Amy Standen. Thank you. Yes, to the audience, to all of you. You are awesome, so engaged. Um, and I'm Shereen Marisol Maraji. All right, that's it. We're out. <laughs> Thank you. If you want to hear more of Arlen and her team's reactions to this season of Startup, check out their podcast, The Bootstrapped VC. You can find it at backstagecapital.com slash podcasts. This episode was produced by Angelina Mosier, Bruce Wallace, Simone Polanin, and Luke Malone. Our senior producer is Lauren Silverman. Editing by Sarah Saracen. I'm Amy Standen. Our theme song is by Mark Phillips. Bobby Lord remixed the version you heard at the top of the show. Build Buildings wrote and performed our special ad music. For full music credits, visit our website, gimletmedia.com startup. Peter Leonard mixed the episode. And one more big thanks on this, our final episode of the series, to Chris Collin. Find out more about the show at gimletmedia.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast Startup. And if you enjoyed this series, please tell your friends. That's the best way for a show like ours to find new listeners. Startup will be back on July 6th. We're going to meet founders in a business so tough, it tests their careers, their marriages, and their morality. Your vices will show up. So whether it's pornography, whether you just go out, eat too much, spend too much, whether you go out and bang some other chick, because you're trying to compensate for the emotional upheaval that you're having internally and externally. The unique challenges of starting up a brand new church in a neighborhood that isn't looking for faith. That's our new series coming up in a few weeks. Keep an eye out for it. And thanks for listening. 